and welcome back to the latest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always, I am joined by the equally mercurial Sean Templar. How are you doing, Sean? I'm okay. How are you? Um, I'm me personally. I'm good. Um, I'm okay. It's, everything's going smooth. Um, people might actually be surprised that they're getting an episode early, but that's fine. Um, there's a lot that we want to discuss anyways in terms of news. Um, and re- it really is going to mostly be discussions about uh, stuff because there's been a whole big movement going on in the games industry at large. Um, so, yeah. How about you, dude? Yeah, I think I mean I'm a bit shocked that the stuff we're gonna talk about is actually happening, mm. because um, you wouldn't expect it, and now it comes across that a lot of people are just taking advantage of other people, and it yeah, almost feels like it. I never expected the games industry to go through this because they're they never work kind of like they, but like in the music industry or in the movie industry people have like this rock star attitude and groupies and stuff like that and you wouldn't necessarily expect it in a games industry because you know the audience is generally a bit shyer or a little bit more introvert um so it's strange to hear these things come out yeah but it does it does happen and and just just for us to honestly just for us to think that it doesn't happen in the game industry is kind of uh what's the word i'm looking for it's a little bit naive from us for us to think yeah for us to think that but yeah i mean if you're if you're just you know following like game announcements and stuff like that and you're not digging like a like a journalist uh, and we're gonna honestly we're gonna talk about jur- games journalism as well again in this case but um yeah there's a lot of stuff that goes around that goes on that we regular folks just don't know about and that's what we're going to be discussing about today yep. um in the new segment because uh, there's so there's just so many similar issues happening just going by them one by one um would either take too long or we'd just be repeating ourselves with each and every article. So we're just um, going to hold, hold a discussion about that um, right now. So um, I'm just going to start at the beginning. And, well, I don't know where the beginning really is. But the first thing that happened uh, about a week and a half ago, as of, as of you guys listening to this, probably is two weeks from now. Um, anyways started with a bunch of people uh from IGN um mostly former and also current employees at IGN uh making statements on Twitter just like really long statements about uh mostly power harassments between from uh former heads of uh IGN that just like wow if I think I shared some I think I shared some uh some of the articles with you and if you just read to it it's like it's, it's like some kind of I don't even know if you want to call it a creepy pasta or anything just it was just so it's just so surreal you know yeah I know so uh I, I'm trying to see if I can find it in here somewhere 
Uh, yeah, here it is. So it's um, I think it started with Mitch Dyer, but other people also chimed in with their own stories. Um, I'm gonna read a little bit of the experts an excerpt here so that people can also understand what what has been going on. This is uh, Mitch Dyer uh, from his Twitter feed. It's on there if you want to find if you want to find it. He posted it on June 23rd. Um, it says solidarity with my IGN coworkers who endured emotional terror from Tal Blevins and Steve Butts. In my time from 2012 to 2016, I felt taken advantage of, exploited, and manipulated and afraid for my job at nearly every turn. And I was one of the lucky ones, in quotes, working for them. When Tal wanted something done or didn't agree with something I said, which happened often, as the IGN employees were mostly amazing people uh, pushing them to do better, he would CC Steve to, to intimidate me into following through with his request. These guys stayed at $3,000 Airbnbs while employees shared, shared rooms in Roach Hotels. When we pushed to have our own rooms, which I'm pretty sure they legally had to oblige, they told us to deal with it because the company didn't have the money. Bullcrap. What? IGN didn't have the money? Dude, it gets worse. In 2014, I was halfway through my work permit timeline, and I opened conversations with Steve about renewing it in 2016. For two years, I was uncertain if I would have a job or be allowed to stay in the country because I never got a positive answer, which, like, that's just messed up. That's me saying that, by the way. Um, so continuing on, uh, yeah, this is where it gets real real messed up. Steve, Steve Butts and Tal Blevins reprimanded staff for standing up for friends. They created a culture of failure among the best people I have ever known. We only had each other. None of us knew what to do or to do to feel better about facing these guys every day. When I reported on Amy leaving Naughty Dog, Steve Butts and Tal Blevins forced gossip into the story. They heard it was a hostile takeover. We didn't want to publish it. I tried to take my name off the story. They would not allow me to do so. They forced an unproven claim onto IGN with my name on it against my will to protect their relationship with Sony. When Sony justifiably condemned our story, Steve and Tal were silent. They never went to bat for me for a second. And then he links to the actual um, story. To Neil Druckmann and Bruce Stratley, who were caught in the crossfire of IGN's hostile toxic leadership, I'm so sorry. I am responsible for the anger, disgust, and disappointment you lived with then, and I will never forgive myself for buckling beneath these manipulative monsters. It goes on for a bit, but basically, he just like puts it all out there. Um, I know that after he posted that, Neil Druckmann also um, posted a response on Twitter um, saying that, well, now he finally knows what what was going on there, and he feels he also feels remorse that that basically soured their relationship with um, IGN employees because that happened. The same goes for uh, Bruce Stratley because he um, he I, I think he was somewhat aware that it happened, but not really. But now he's like fully aware that that was something that happened that time. Are you talking about Neil or Bruce? Because Bruce doesn't work for Naughty Dog anymore. Yeah, Bruce, yeah. Okay, because he left Naughty Dog. I think like after Uncharted 4, he left Naughty Dog. Yeah, 
but it was during that time. Mm, okay. Yeah, he was still there when that happened. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, IGN is, I would consider them a powerhouse when it comes to a media company in the games industry, and they cover a lot of stuff, not only games, but movies and comics and the whole shebang. Um, so I wouldn't expect this to happen from a company like IGN. But again, you know, we're living in a time in which a lot of things that we wouldn't expect happen. Um, yeah. So it's it's a shame that it's a it's a almost toxic environment to work in. And it was. I mean, they're gone now. So it got when they when they when they when they finally left, um, things got a lot better, and people actually got opportunities there that they could take. Um, so the, the current staff at IGN is like way, like way happier and doing their own stuff, which is great. But the fact that it happened is kind of ridiculous. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, with these things, I always wonder that how it's possible for these, I'll call them bullies to stay in power for so long and that nobody actually does something about it or opens up about it. And I understand that it's your employer and, uh, you know, you don't want to lose your job. But, I mean, if your mental health and other stuff is at risk here, then you're kind of obligated to open up because you're the one that's going to work every day and hates your work. And probably you take that stuff home and it makes it even worse. At the end of the day, they don't suffer from it. You're the one that suffers from it. And they tried to bring it up with HR. Like there are other stories, uh, not just from Mitch Dyer, but um, also from other people. Um, uh, dang it, what's her name again? Um, Alana Pierce. Alana Pierce had a video about it. Um, uh, Cat Bailey, like Cat Bailey, never worked for IGN, but she did. Um, she did talk about she the time that she tried to apply to IGN for a job, and the 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 person who basically was in charge of uh, contacting uh, hopefuls mm-hmm. accidentally cc'd like the 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 what is it the conversation between between him and the interviewer for oh yeah she like the like she has. Um, good stats but we're not gonna hire her anyways and he's like it doesn't matter this is good practice for oh. interviewing people and she was like yeah ha 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 it's fun it sucks uh, uh the jokes on you because now she's the 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 editor-in-chief i think yeah i think she's the editor-in-chief at a u.s gamer oh nice yeah so you know their loss but that's like what the frick so it's not even just like these two guys, but their HR department was also kind of shitty. It's uh, because it's kind of like with Riot, you know, that um, there's a certain culture that's created, and they add, and certain people in that culture keep the culture alive. Uh, exactly. Of, that it's just two bullies at the top, and people don't uh, say something. It's like they create this culture in which it's normal to either behave like the way they're behaving or to think about people the way they're thinking. And mm. that's just, that's, I think the problem lies there that there's, they need to kind of break that culture because otherwise it's like a, 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 a circle going around and around and around. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that stuff is changing in the industry. It's just that it's another blow to the game industry because the, I feel like the game industry is finally getting to the place 
where it's not considered a place for geeks and nerds and and that it's something dull or something dumb or boring or a waste of your time. Whereas like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, if you would say, hey, I'm a gamer, people would laugh at you or you would kind of feel ashamed to say it because, you know, it would have this negative label on it. And I feel like we're getting to the place that it's socially accepted now and everybody plays games in a form or a way. But stuff like this just knocks the industry down again and says, oh, yeah, but you see all those little boys in their attics and in their basements. You see, this is why they're those people and not uh, normal people like us or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And that was just and that was that was arguably the softer side of it. There's stuff that's just way way worse out there that happened to like especially the the female employees at IGN they're not they don't work there anymore they left um but it's just man i saw i read some of these and i was like my mouth was agape the whole time i just i just couldn't i couldn't believe that that was going on at that time and it explains also why a lot of talent just left and i was just like Wait, but these guys are cool. Why are they leaving IGN? I mean, they got better jobs. Don't get me wrong. They got better jobs. But, you know, it's it's not just IGN's loss, but, you know, the readership's is loss. Because now they're going to do other stuff, and, you know, they're going to excel at it, of course. But, you know, they were contrib- when they were able to contribute to stuff, they were awesome at it. And it's just, I feel like... There was there was a period when a lot of people left IGN and it just kind of felt way different. Now we have people that, you know, we know more and you know, they actually get to do cool stuff. So we get to see cool stuff coming from them even though there are people that still are kind of, you know, against IGN for reasons unknown. I think it still stem- I think that that hatred still stems from that period of time and people just are really bitter um i mean like ign is if i go to search up stuff like i have a folder called games and then i i open the folder and it opens all the tabs for me in one go and the the sites i basically go to are uh, n4g because it's like this collection point of all everything mm-hmm. and then a place the playstation blog and polygon even though i'm not always happy with what's on polygon i used to go to ign but it's just bugging me out a lot lately also because the if i go to it i get the dutch side and it's a hassle to get the american side and oh i know i know a workaround around that one by the way (laughs) that's good to know and like for reviews i do kind of like the the reviews because it's honest in my opinion but if you for the most part for the most part there's stuff like this you're almost almost like well i don't know because maybe the reviews were biased because a higher up said you need to say this or we don't want to ruin the relationship with the publisher so we want you to give this game a good review because there is a possibility that stuff like that happened as well Hmm. or how about having the person who is an expert in dark souls review the dark soul games but not get the opportunity to voice it herself because she wasn't manly enough wow that's just Dude, seriously, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Uh, just, just, uh, that, that, I mean, it's a good thing that they're gone, but apparently they started a, um, a, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? 
a, a um, not a counseling. What's the other word? Not counseling, but um, therapy. No, not therapy. Um, you know, company that gives advice. What's what's that called again? Consulting. Thank you. They open their own consulting agent consulting agency. You don't want these guys like at all. <laughs> like these are not the guys that you consult on how to do like how to get the best out of your people because clearly they suck at it. So yeah, no. Like if you see if you see their if you just if you see their company, just avoid it, man. Just avoid it. Uh, but you know, like it, it's not only that; it goes on. Because last week I showed I showed you an article with you that suddenly, out of the blue, the creative director on Assassin's Creed Valhalla is taking a leave of absence. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, when I heard it, I thought, "What?" And then it apparently was because of sexual allegations that he had a, a an affair with a fan or something like that. And yeah. that kind of turned out wrong. And a couple of days later, Ubisoft said he doesn't work at the company anymore, that he had resigned um, and that he's now working on his personal life and improving that because, you know, he did wrong by his family, of course. I know. But um, it's just... It's it's a snowball effect because yeah. after that happened, there was also Chris Avalon... Um, who who was uh, let me see God, good grief um who worked on like a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of RPGs back in the day with Planescape Torment Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance Fallout New Vegas stuff like that um uh he was also working on Dying Light two he just got like a whole bunch of women from the video game industry that were accusing him of sexual harassment as well preying on women in the game industry. And it just keep going, and it just keeps going on because outside of that, there was a whole thing about about sexual abuse stories coming from the Twitch streaming world, and just and and the and one of the co-founders of Cards Against Humanity um, also also left the company because of uh, complaints over sexist and racist office culture. What is going on? Like seriously, like I feel I feel that if these things were happening before, there's probably a reason why this is all coming out now. And I don't know if it's because of um the the current world situation that's going on that is either forcing people's hands or people are coming to terms with you know, stuff like this can't cannot stand anymore, which, you know, good, it shouldn't, like, at all. Like, this, this kind of stuff should not be happening in any industry, not the gaming industry, not, uh, not, not in any industry, not in the entertainment industry as a whole, just, it shouldn't happen. It does, but it, it, it doesn't get taken care of as it's supposed to. And this is basically just another boiling point that just had to happen. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's all coming out like this. And wow, I think, um, yeah, I think that, you know, the, the, the Hollywood got it first and this is just another, this is just another, uh, yeah, another tipping point. 
Uh, it's so strange that it happens now and not when the whole stuff in Hollywood was happening. So that's what's kind of confusing me about it or surprising me about it because I would have expected it to happen back then. I think, I think part of it was because people felt... I don't know when these were happening, by the way. So it could have been that it wasn't happening around that same time. No, I mean like that people started to talk about it. I would expect it when the Me Too movement was happening in Hollywood, that a similar thing would happen in the games industry if issues were... Because a lot of... Yeah, but if you, but if you said, uh, remember when the Me Too movement really got its stride? Because it wasn't, it wasn't yesterday, because that was a couple of years ago already. It's, it's like two years ago. I think it's more like three. Really? Yeah. But, I mean, like these, these, some of these stories date back years. True. That is true. But I... Th- I don't know why this is just me speculating right now is that the reason why it's coming out now is because people are willing to listen. Um, also, I'm pretty sure that much like at with IGN, there were par- power harassments going on during the same time where people could not come out and say anything or whenever they brought it up to HR, it would being swept under the rug. I mean, if you go back to last year with the whole thing with Riot, remember the whole arbitration clause that are in people's contracts there? Yep. What is to say that those kind of contracts were not um were not in it's not some weird industry standard and we just don't know about it. Um in terms of like going after fans that itself that's a, some something different all entirely, which seriously like game developers have groupies now. Yeah, but that's that. I mean, you don't expect that. That I mean, I don't expect that, but I also don't expect anybody in the game in- industry that has a family to be able to go out and meet other people to hook up with. You know, because uh, because they're either working really hard on the games that they're doing, or they just finished the game and they might be on a break. But then you're not. You're not going to go out and, you know, try and get some. I mean, at least I wouldn't think that you would or have to or feel that you have to. So I don't know where it's coming from and why it it has been happening, but it's just. I want to say it's weird, but I don't know. I feel like saying that it's weird is disrespectful. But it is something completely unexpected for people like us to hear stuff like this happen. Yeah. And I hope that because of this big motion, that a lot of reform is not only coming to those companies, but to the game industry as a whole. I don't know how you would even try and change this industry-wise, but you know, you have to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere. And I hope with this, with all these allegations coming out, Hopefully the truth comes out. I hope, I honestly hope that not everything is true because if, and if it's not the case, then fine. If it's true, then it needs to come out. Um, and people need to, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Need People need to be appropriately um, punished for it. I agree. So that's the only way you'll, you'll finally, 
in these situations, and it's not maybe the best way to do it, but the only way to get rid of this stuff is to create fear for it. So kind of like to say, if you do this, these are the implications. So people will kind of realize that, A, it's wrong what they're doing, but also B, fear the repercussions if they do it and get caught. Uh, so that they're like, you know what, I have these thoughts, but maybe it's just best if I don't do anything with it because that, that person got fired or that person got almost publicly, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, executed, but, uh, like, uh, yeah, their lives get destroyed. Yeah. So it's not, and it's not just, and it's not just the people that are doing it, but more the people that they're doing it to. Yeah. I mean, like, because, because their lives are never going to be the same again. Yeah. I mean, for example, in in Ubisoft's case, the creative director did Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I love the game. He did Assassin's Creed Origins. I love the game. Um, Now we as a gamer are going to miss his creative vision on future games, which is a bummer for us, but even worse. Is is the guy ruined his whole family over a yeah. fling? I mean, like, why would you do that? Yeah. Seriously, I, I, I don't, I don't know why people. It's that's something that we probably will never be able to comprehend as to why people do stuff like that. But uh, just why? Just uh, I just I don't know. It's just so. It's so surreal and. Oof, there are going to be so many lawsuits. Probably. Like, there's going to be because probably a lot of companies will say, like, you know, we'll just give you some compensation and here's a non disclosure agreement. You don't talk. See, and that's the thing that should not happen because that's basically going into arbitration and buying people's silence. Yeah, but I mean, companies have reputations to think about. I mean, you know, it just. Yeah, but then handle it in a, like an appropriate way. If you're gonna, here's the thing: if like the the way Ubisoft handled it is probably the best way to handle it is to distance themselves from the person who accused that stuff. You know, like get rid of the person and distance yourself from him and make a statement that this is the kind of stuff you don't tolerate. And basically, sharpen either sharpen your either sharpen your rules or have um, checks. Or have checks in there that that people have to adhere to. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's been a really weird. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's only getting weirder and weirder. So let's leave it at that. Otherwise, uh... well, the, let's go to the pinnacle of the weirdness. By the way, in this case, because I, again, um, what we're about to talk about is all just pure speculation. We don't know anything that's going on in this particular story but i feel that we should bring it up because it is one of the weirdest things to happen in (laughs) in 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 particularly the streaming industry um especially after what happened uh, last week which maybe i should bring that up actually first last week microsoft announced that they're ending mixer yep and Worse, they're ending it some. Uh, I think early next month, or end. No, sorry, ending next, uh, ending this month. Um, and basically, the ones that can will be moved over to Facebook Gaming. Yeah, that's a strange move. Which is a really weird move. Apparently, they struck a deal with Facebook so that they can get the same, uh, a similar, not the same, but the similar deal that they had. 
with Microsoft on Mixer. So there'll be a verified um, a streamer on on Facebook Gaming and would get comparable um, financial deals with Facebook. I don't know how many people took the deal. I know some people did. I think that it went back. I think like I think like the lower level like verified users did because yeah. where else are they gonna go? But like the higher ones, like Ninja, he went back. He got his thirty. Uh, uh, apparently, he got thirty million for his deal, and he was able to buy out his contract. So instead of having thirty million paid out over the years, he just got it all. And he's basically a free agent. The same thing goes for another stream. I don't remember his name right now. But he had a similar deal. I think he got his deal was $10 million and he got that paid out as well. Microsoft and he's also a free agent. So basically, if he wants to go back, I don't know if Twitch would ever take them back because especially Ninja with how he announced that he was leaving Twitch for, for Mixer. I think, he, I think he did go back. I, think I don't know. Like I haven't checked this. I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan, so I didn't check to see if he went back. But he's a free agent. He could go everywhere, anywhere he does. If he wants to go to Facebook Gaming, he can. If he wants to move it to YouTube, he can. So I honestly can't think of any other streaming platforms <laughs> other than those two <laughs> outside of Mixer. Oh, I, I don't but, uh, know if it ever stood a chance because I. Oh, it didn't like at all. I maybe used Mixer once, and that was because of a Microsoft event being streamed only through Mixer. Mm. So I was kind of forced to use it. But yeah, uh, a friend of mine was a fan of it because the technology behind Mixer was, I believe, better than Twitch. But in this case, it's that Twitch just has the bigger audience. Mm-hmm. And the audience grew. I don't have the article in front of me right now to send to you, but like Twitch grew a lot in the past year or so from I think April of last year to April this year, they grew about somewhere between the 80 and 90%. So they almost doubled their viewership. The Facebook gaming like had a 200% growth in that same time period, but you know how Facebook measures time it it's like oh it auto plays that automatically counts as a few so yeah that makes sense um but to go the to have a 200 percent increase is ridiculous by any amount and mixer in that same period had a growth of 0.2 percent wow 0.2 of a percent that's not a lot that's like nothing microsoft yeah so the Apparently, Microsoft has decided to cut their losses, and that's why this is happening. But to go back to the fact that maybe some people are 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 not going to Twitch. One of the one of the other big uh, Twitch streamers. Honestly, I'm going to be straight up here. I don't really watch streamers on Twitch that often, unless it's something very specific like. Uh, Awesome games done quick, or some games done quick, or someone is streaming a new game. I'll maybe check it out a bit. But Doctor Disrespect, out of nowhere, just got perma banned from Twitch. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's you got not confirmed that he's banned. Twitch is being really vague around it. It's super vague because anybody who knows anything about it is either being silenced 
by having their tweets about it removed or having their whole accounts like deleted. Yep. And the only reason I know the information that that I'm going to mention right now is because I got that from uh from a YouTuber called Review Tech USA um who had some in some speculative information coming from a guy who's in the know. So again, take this with a huge grain of salt, but apparently um when Dr. Disrespect got banned, like I think two years ago, um, or went on a hiatus or something like that because he um, cheated on his wife, he made that publicly. Uh, he, he made that publicly known on his uh, on his uh, Twitch channel uh, back then. Um, apparently, the person he cheated on his wife with was uh, another Twitch streamer, a female Twitch streamer, of course, and. Twitch knew about it, and they made a deal with the female Twitch streamer so that Dr. Dr. Disrespect could go back to streaming, and she wouldn't make a fuss about it. And the and the reason allegedly that he's permabanned now is that she came back saying that she is not happy with the deal that she currently has and wanted more. Oh man! Or otherwise, she was gonna make it public, and obviously. You know, Amazon would not like to have that, so they they caved in and have and had him banned before it. But here's the thing, though. So apparently, um, Doctor the Doctor Disrespect, aka uh, Guy Beam, that's his real name, um, finally broke his silence, as it were, by uh, putting a statement on his on his Twitter stating that Twitch has not notified him on a specific reason for their decision. Um, firm handshakes to all uh, for the support during this difficult time. And that's it. Like That literally is. So even he doesn't know the specific reason behind the ban. So if anybody is out there saying that they know the specific reason behind the ban, they're either full of it or they actually do know. But if that was the case, then we'd see we wouldn't hear anything about it because i'm sure that the twitch uh, lawyers would be on their on that case right away which yeah, is just lawyers. and it's not and apparently he, this ban is so uh, is so bad that he might not be able to work anywhere he will we won't be able to to stream anymore from any platform allegedly again don't know the details this is just the the weird rumors that are going around this story. Um, Which is just crazy. I never really was much for a Twitch streamer or stuff like that. So, uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, I heard he got a pretty big deal last year with Twitch. So he probably has some money from that. Besides a gazillion bucks he has from his subscribers and over the years um, mm-hmm. and he could always just start up a new account under a different alter ego no no he could I, well i don't know if he could he could just i don't even, i don't even know if that's even technically possible but he could just ditch the whole dr disrespect character and just come up with a new character and then stream again if he wants to yeah but they will still know that it's him i don't know I, I don't know. I don't think he can pull a Sasha Barracon in this case, man. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you know. This is, you know. I mean, uh, uh, co- considering how big of a de- like the 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 reason, w- the other reason why people think it, 
figure that it's a really big deal is that people that subscribe to him got their money refunded for their subscription. Yeah, that is interesting. Because I don't think people being banned from Twitch has ever resulted in people getting refunded. It's the first time hearing about it. Yeah, same here. So, uh, man, that's a lot of weird news. But I, uh, it's, and the weird news doesn't stop there, unfortunately. Luckily, it's not more sexual harassment stuff. But um, it's it's weird all the same. Cause, um, so remember in the previous episode where I was like really happy that um, the Pokemon Company announced a new Pokemon Snap game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this past week, because they said they had another announcement, they announced a new game called Pokemon Unity, which is a League of Legends clone. Oh, developed yeah, developed that. by co-developed by Tencent. Maybe it's the same studio that's doing the Diablo game. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't care if it is. What I do know is that it's the same developers that uh did um what is it? Armor of uh, Armor of Valor or whatever it's called. That 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 uh, MOBA. Um, it's a strange direction, but I think it's aimed at games in Asia, of gamers in Asian markets, specifically China, because in China there's like zero like Pokemon presence there. Like for example, Pokemon Go is not allowed to be played in that country, so you can't right. play Pokemon Go there. Um, I think it has something to do with the fact that um, it uses location. Okay, and. I'm I'm not gonna make any kind of remarks in terms of the Chinese government about tracking people, and I'm not. This is a disclaimer. I'm not making any assumptions here, but I'm not saying that it has nothing to do with tracking people. Okay. What I what I will say that I'm no I f- I feel that um the Pokemon Company really wants an in 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 china i mean they do bring out pokemon games in also like simplified chinese and traditional chinese but i think those are mostly sold in uh taiwan and and places like that or hong kong so not like mainland china yeah um so yeah this would be the first time they'd be able to do something like that for uh for mainland china and it's not just coming to the switch it's also coming to mobile games, and it'll be cross-platform play. Yeah. And, I mean, it looks different enough to be to set itself apart from other mobile games, but I am not a mobile fanboy, and I never have been. I've played it. I've tried it. It's it's honestly not for me. Same. I and, think of Legends. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, and I saw this announcement, and like I'm not the only one that was, you know disappointed with this announcement because we thought it was going to be something interesting you know outside of pokemon snap like new pokemon snap what are they going to announce next maybe it's a remake of like gen 4 or something no it's not it has nothing to do with like the mainline pokemon game oh by the way now that i think of it you didn't talk about that nintendo is uh, getting out of mobile games Oh yeah, I kind of missed that one, didn't I? Yeah. Um yeah, so apparently the uh, the alleged thing is that Nintendo is currently doesn't have any mobile games in the pipeline after they released uh Mario Kart Tour 
which is just not fun. Like they've brought so they've brought some improvements, but it's still it's still trying to prey on the fact that you pay a lot of money, you know, to get the subscriptions. And I think that's also part of the reason why it stopped because all of a sudden, a whole like I think all of the, except with of course Mario Super Mario Run, all of these mobile games from Nintendo uh, have a subscription service. Animal Crossing Pocket, Pocket Game has a subscription service. Fire Emblem Heroes has a subscription service. Mario Kart started it all. I think Dr. Mario also has a subscription service. I think the only one that doesn't have a subscription service is Dragalia Lost. And I think the only reason that's the case is because it's not available in Europe. Well, I don't and, I want to know. And it's just... Uh, it's so bad. It's just <laughs> so. I, I mean, especially Mario Kart Tour is so predatory. It's just, yeah. I think a lot of people would just automatically drop off from that. So, yeah, it, that's just weird. I'm. I, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. At least now they'll. They'll. That means that they can focus more of their resources on Switch, um, and Switch gaming, especially with the new generation of consoles coming around the corner. I'm really curious to see how Nintendo is going to not challenge with- them, but oh. challenge them. Switch Pro, they have to. Yeah, that's that's the rumor that's been going on for years now, um, and we have heard neither hide or hair from it, especially since you know everything is gone sideways in terms of you know the whole coronavirus thing. I wonder what they need to get, like from a CPU standpoint, what would they get? Because there's no Tegra X2, as far as I can remember. Well, there is a Tegra X2, but it was not made f- with gaming in mind. So then... So it was made with AI in mind. They would have to have like a custom silicon date and co-developed, kind of what Sony and Microsoft did. And exactly. The X3 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. Which is possible, but I, I don't know if they would do that, considering the cost that would be related to that. Yeah, because then... or they could, or they could still do it where it's still cost effective enough, and give them enough horsepower to make it viable, at least enough so that when the when the the the, the Unreal Engine five ports come in twenty twenty two, um, they don't look ugly. Yeah, because I, I mean, I would say that the ultimate counter for Nintendo is to say, and I've said it before. We're bringing out Breath of the Wild 2 this holiday season, and there's a nice Switch Pro to go next to it. I don't think a Switch Pro is going to happen this year. But I don't I would, think so either. No, no I, I would say that Breath of the Wild 2 would be the perfect release for them to drop in November because that would kind of, I think it would kind of cut uh, the next gen consoles uh, right down at the knees. Because again, mm. besides Halo for Microsoft and Spider-Man for Sony, I guess. There is not really a lot of games to say like, oh, I really want to buy a next-gen console because the, these games are really the games that I want to play. At least not during launch. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to agree with that one. Um, it would be it would be nice if, that, if, if Breath of the Wild 2 coming out meant that there was a new Switch to go along with it that is more powerful, which would allow it to look more beautiful because breath of the wild is already a 
gorgeous game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really want to know what Nintendo's doing because outside of like next month on the same day as Ghost of Tsushima is Paper Mario, and outside of that, we know nothing about what they're bringing out for the rest of the year. And we know that they're not going to do a direct anytime soon, so they're only going to do individual announcements for video games for the foreseeable future until stuff settles down so that they can actually plan out directs the way they want them to. Okay. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long wait. Yep. I hope hopefully not too long. Before you know it, it's uh, November. So. Uh... Yeah, no kidding. I think Microsoft, by the way, is going to do their Xbox event within the next, I would say, two weeks. Because they I think, dropped, I think so too. They dropped the Halo Infinite teaser last week. It's a, it's a radio transmission in which uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I played the Halo games. Like I played one till four. And yeah. Reach and Halo Wars, but I, it's so long ago that I don't remember the story anymore. And I played it in co-op, but the person I played it with, he just raced through the story because it was the gazillion time he played the game. So he just raced through the whole story with me. And I can't remember anything about the game. I'm like, oh yeah, I played the game. But if you ask me something, I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Maybe Easy Eyelash will do a retrospective on it again, like they used to do on game trailers. Yeah. So, so, but I think since they dropped that teaser last week, we might see invitations going out this week and maybe mm. event starting next. Let me just put it this way: I think that the event will take place no later than the second week of July. Mm. But if you look at how how initially Sony did it. It was like a week before the event was there and then they just dropped the invite and then they said, hey, next week we're going to do a PlayStation reveal. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, so I think Microsoft will do the same. They'll maybe drop the invite this week, event next week, or invite next week, event the week after. But because today I read that somebody found a newly registered Twitter for Fable and for Perfect Dark and then Aaron Greenberg from Microsoft downplayed it and said, no, 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 it's, uh, we just secure those Twitter handles because we... A long time ago. He said a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, but it was... It's like, it's like the, what, it's, it's what they use for whenever, whenever there's a new game and then they just turn it inactive. Yeah. That's what he said. But basically, the, the Twitter accounts were secured or created in March and June of this year. Exactly. And that's the funny part. Yeah, so... Like, no, seriously? Not you cannot... Like you cannot outwit cyber sleuths on the internet. They will find stuff out if yeah. they if they really put their efforts to it. So. Like there's it's the there, it's it's gathering more buzz. So it's basically going to happen real soon, mm. and um, this basically confirms a perfect dark and a fable game because there are rumors going floating around that turn ten the guys behind Forza are doing mm. fable, and then people would say, but hey, but who's doing Forza then? Well. Microsoft bought, uh, they're called Playground Games, I believe, the guys that did Forza Horizon last year. Mm-hmm. So they would probably be doing uh, Forza. So a new Horizon, a new Forza Horizon, then maybe. No, I, I think it's a full-blown Forza game. But since they have experience with the Horizon franchise, the Forza Horizon franchise, they know how to make race games. So that that at least Microsoft will have a diverse launch lineup because they'll have the Halo, they'll have hopefully the Fable. 
they'll have uh, Forza there. Forza. That's why Sony needs to bring Gran Turismo to launch, because mm. otherwise they will have Need for Speed. <laughs> but that's also coming to Xbox. Yeah. See, that's the most concerning part besides price, because I am firmly a believer in that it will be four forty nine, four ninety nine. That's I think we're not going to see any surprises there. We're not going to see three ninety nine. It's going to be four forty nine, four ninety nine. Mm, yeah. That's I think it's a hundred percent guaranteed, and they won't yeah. pull a rabbit out of a hat and say, "Well, peeps, we're going to surprise you. It's three ninety nine, four forty nine. They're not get, never going to pull that one. No. no so. Now the only thing that just that's strange is the launch lineup. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we still have a couple of months ahead of us, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna piecemeal it out over the months to come. Yeah, so like basically, if I buy my PS5 on day one, the, the games that I would buy right now are Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm-hmm. I bought Black Flag when I bought my PS4. Mm-hmm. And I bought Killzone at the time because it was a Sony exclusive. So I would have to buy Spider-Man as a, as a PlayStation exclusive. And besides that, maybe Watch Dogs Legion if it comes out before the holiday season. I don't think that's coming out anytime soon. I don't know. I don't know what Ubisoft because 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 I think I'm pretty sure that that along with Gods and Monsters and uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine were all delayed till 2021. I don't know, because Ubisoft is also going to do an event in July. They announced that last month. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, you know. Even if they announce stuff, I don't think they're an- they're going to announce stuff for 2020 there. Yeah, but outside, that, of, outside of Assassin's Creed. But that would mean that they have nothing for this holiday season besides... No, they have a, they have a, they have a Forts-compatible Assassin's Creed. Yeah, but I don't think... Like, if you look at what Ubisoft brought out this year, I don't think... What did Ubisoft bring out this year? Nothing. Mm, outside of DLC for games that exist? Yeah. Did they, yeah I don't think they... Take lo- I don't, if they did something, it wasn't something grand. Yeah. So, but, like, Ubisoft can't have a whole year without them doing... Uh, they, I, they did an expansion for The Division, too. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I can think of. Yeah, and I mean, say what you say about Ubisoft. They're the only publisher in this generation that has multiple new IPs they came up with, which I really applaud. I mean, they came up with the division. They came up with For Honor. They came up with Watchmen, Um, Watchdogs, Watchdogs. Yeah, they uh, have Gods and Monsters. They have uh, a good Rainbow Six game, a good Ghost Recon game, at least Wildlands. Um, you know, Assassin's Creed got a nice uh, release, couple of releases on next gen or on current mm-hmm. gen. So uh, they're the only one that came up with like a lot of, from third party's point of view, a lot of new IPs. Because I don't see EA doing it. Yeah, true. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, good grief! Uh, uh, I just, I mean, they they got their hands full on with the with the. Star Wars license anyway, so yeah, I don't think yeah. we're gonna see anything new from them anytime soon. Yeah, they're working on uh, Jedi Fallen Order too, is the rumor, which is a no-brainer. Yeah, obviously. And uh, and of course, uh, Squadron and Squadron. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing, the, like the only thing that I think is gonna be really interesting to watch 
Um, and I think I think it's a best a good thing to to end on this one for the segment is that uh, CD Projekt Red had their uh, big preview blowout last week. Yep. Um, a lot of mixed information coming from there. Um, apparently, uh, some like the uh, the apparently the biggest consensus is that it's super dense in terms of what you can do. I and think... like the only thing that people played was like literally the prologue for, for about four hours, yep. which is about four yeah. hours of the game, and like it's and that part alone is like really dense and has a lot of decisions that you can make. So nobody's gameplay was the same. But I, I'm afraid that Cyberpunk, because I'm still not sure on how I'm going to play it. If I think I'll eventually just play it on PC mm. because their whole upgrade strategy for PlayStation is so confusing because <laughs> you can bring, you can grab the PS4 version and play it on the PS5 and it'll have next-gen enhancements, but you'll also get the free upgrade when the next-gen version comes out next year. And I also heard that the Stadia version is not coming out on launch, but a couple of months after the game releases. And it's also coming to GeForce now because apparently in the preview event, some people. I think that one, that one is coming day and date with on yeah. GeForce now. Because <laughs> some people got to play a version through GeForce now, mm. but some people got to play a version on a PC which was running at 1080p on a 2080 Ti running DLSS 20 2.0. So um, that's pretty disheartening because a 2080 ti is basically the fastest gpu right now to get mm. gaming and probably you know you could play it in 4k but i don't think you can run it at max and ultra and all that stuff or maybe you have to do dlss but the problem with dlss is that it gives you a lot of detail and it gives you a stable frame rate because i had that with control but mm-hmm. it doesn't give you the it doesn't render at the native resolution so for ah, example, okay. control if I turned it on, I would get basically a 2560 by 1440 image being upscaled to 4K with this really stable frame rate and a lot of details, but it's not the same as 4K. I mean, you hmm. do notice a small loss in detail. Uh, Is that what they call the checker, the checkerboarding technique that they use? I think it's better than checkerboarding. Um or it could be the same as checkerboarding, but I don't I honestly don't know. But like I know that there's a huge leap between DLSS 1.0 and 2.0, because um, okay. I saw a whole article about it on uh, on the Digital Foundry. But you know that's it's dead. so. I mean, this is one of those games where I'm afraid that if I'm gonna play it, I will be overwhelmed by the sheer amount of content, and I will just <laughs> drop out because I'm getting this overload. Like oh, I don't know what to do. Ah. And then I'll just you know what I don't I won't I won't play this. Yeah, uh, at least from the previews that I've that, that I've seen, that doing side quests is not as tedious as you might think, or get in the way of like doing the main quest. So I'm not really sure what that's all about, but um, there are a bunch of previews that you can check out. Uh, it's out there. I just look for it. Dream, so, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, all the news that is fit to play. Um, so stick around, and we'll be right back with our second segment, uh, what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to our second segment, What We Have Been Playing. So, what have you been playing, Maximilian? Not a lot since it's been like a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I've, 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 I'm still playing uh, Xenoblade 2. Um, doing a little bit more of the side quests where I am right now before I move on to the next area. Um, not because I don't think that I can't come back to the areas where I need to do the side quests. It's just that I let some side quests slide because it was getting kind of getting a bit samey. Um, but I want to get especially go back to two side quests that I had to drop early because the level requirements for that was just ridiculous. So I'm, you know, grinding up to do those. Um, outside of that, um, not, not not a lot that I've been playing. I uh, dabbled a bit in a game that I thought I lost. Luckily, I didn't. I, was, I found it, like, this past week, and I was so ecstatic. Um, I've talked about it before in a hidden gem. And that is uh, Rhythm uh, Rhythm Tengoku uh, Megamix, which is a collection of the Rhythm Tengoku series, which is one of my favorite rhythm game series of all time. Um, it started out on the Game Boy Advance, um, was Japan only. Then it had a Western release for the second game that came out on a DS, which was called Rhythm Tengoku Gold, um, which used the rare rarely often book form so you remember if the on the ds because it has two screens one of the unique things was using the touch screen on one side and holding the ds like a book uh did the brain what was it called brain, brain training brain that. training you did that right yeah. yeah popularized by brain training um i think uh the Last Window did that, and Hotel Dusk did that uh, on the DS as well. Both of uh, both of them amazing games. Uh, if you like adventure, if if you like adventure games, kind of kind of like the old school um, Lucas Arts kind of thing, but more serious. Try and pick up those games; they're totally worth it. Um, Rhythm Heaven Gold, also totally worth it if you love rhythm games. It's a bit hard to manage because you use nothing but the touchscreen. So you either have to tap or swipe and in rhythm, which can be quite challenging. Even though I basically perfected most of that game. So yay me. Um, they did have a Wii version. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, they had a Wii version of that rhythm uh rhythm rhythm was just called rhythm heaven or something like that um it's fine it had some good rhythm games in there but it's not my personal favorite my personal favorite is still um a toss-up between the ds version and the game boy advance version because the game boy advance version was the first game but the ds version had some really great songs in there they're all produced by this um uh, famous uh, former singer slash uh, producer called Tsunku. Um, if you look up Tsunku, you'll find out more about him, specifically his uh, project called uh, Morning Musume and, and, and everything that's surrounding that. Um, so I've been playing the Mega Mix version on the DS, which is a collection of not just 
the old games, but also more new mini games and a lot of amazing songs in there. Um, and the fun thing is that the so you have individual levels where you just follow a rhythm game and then you finish it. But every five levels, um, there's what they call a remix where they take the five mini games that you had before and mix them all together in a brand new song and mixing all the play styles from those different mini games together. So you have to pay attention to, oh, this mini game is coming up. This is the timing for that mini game to a completely different song from what they were from, which is so cool. If you look up Rhythm Heaven or Rhythm Tengoku remixes, you're going to find a lot of them from all the previous games. And Mega Mix just ha- it's just a fun time. It's the most challenging Rhythm uh, Tengoku uh, game out there. So if you want like a really good challenge in rhythm games, that's one to go for. Another rhythm game that I picked up on a discount was Taiko no Tachijin Drum and Fun, the Switch version. And I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to pick up that game for such a long time because um, when I went to Japan back in 2018, I finally got to play the arcade version, and it's a workout that you wouldn't believe. Because wow. like every time I played, I was finished. I was like sweating and like got a good workout feeling from it. Like the adrenaline was pumping. Because okay. every time I played, I got better at the songs. And one time I actually perfected a song and I was like, okay, I know how to play this song now perfectly. I need to record this. And when I tried and, and someone was recording for me, I messed up. Oh, I was like, no. no! Uh, but now I got that version and the song that I was practicing in the arcades back then. So now I'm going to try and perfect it again <laughs> because right. it has, because it uses um, the motion controls of the Joy-Cons. It's a bit iffy, but I think I need to tweak um, the timing on the Joy-Cons so that they register the movements better so that it registers my... Um, my strikes uh, way better than they are right now. Um, either it's either that or play with buttons, and playing with buttons is fine. But I kind of get the buttons mixed up sometimes in my head. Um, so yeah, I got it on the. I got it regularly. I, I got it relatively cheap because I still had about thirteen euros of gold points, which uh, to to spend, and the game was discounted from I think. 40 or 50 bucks to 25. So I only ended up paying like 13 euros. That was nice. Yeah. Well, not the DLC not included because that was five euros, but yeah. So now I've had, I got this game and I, I play it. I still play it once in a while and not constantly because what I really want is the, is the, is the accessory. So the the drum accessory, so like it looks like a small taiko <laughs> drum that has the actual like sticks with it, and I want that. I know that they sold that in Europe, but it's really hard to find. Okay. Yeah. So, so I might I might ask someone to, um, if they can find it on the cheap somewhere in Japan to like mail it to me. But other outside of that, I'm just gonna try and find it myself here. Hopefully not. So hopefully not too expensive. So hopefully. Yeah, and that's basically what I've been playing. Nice. Well, more than I've been playing. <laughs> what have you been playing? 
So I played a game called State of Decay 2 on the PC. It's in the, it's in the Game Pass. It's also available on the Xbox One. It's a uh, sequel to the open world zombie game, State of Decay. Uh, you mm-hmm. can play it in co-op. So I played it with a friend of mine. It's really cool. Um, you just um, pick, a, I, think, I think the characters are randomly procedurally generated. So you pick a, a character. Uh, and he has a buddy, and then you just start playing the game, and then slowly you get into this uh, this open world opens up to you, and you're uh, scavenging a lot, you're um, building a base, you have specific things you can build in your base to improve certain things, so you can build a workshop, so you can craft uh, ammunition or grenades or stuff like that, and you have to go out and, of course, kill the zombies and clear the world of your zombie threat around you, and then you can scavenge a lot of areas as well and buildings. Uh, you have a backpack. You can carry stuff back to your base with it, but your backpack is limited space, so you can find new backpacks. And there's a lot of RPG mechanics in there with new skills you can learn. For example, if you sprint with your character, your... Um, what, is, what is it called? Your uh, Your your conditions improve so your athleticism improves and then the more you do that the better you get at it so your stamina decreases slower and stuff like that um if you're you can switch between the characters you can recruit for your camp and the characters are uh have different skills and different areas that they're good in um but if a character dies it's permadeath so Ooh. i had two characters die out of the Ooh. four that i have and oh my god well it makes it a lot more harder now and the annoying part is is the zombies are pretty easy to kill at least the the low tier so so far i've only encountered four so like the basic walkers but they can run um the bloaters which is basically like this gas spewing uh zombie then there's a juggernaut which is this huge ass a zombie it looks like a troll from the lord of the rings and it just charges at you it's really hard to kill and then there's also um, a super fast kind of like a, ch- a predator cheetah kind of uh, uh, zombie and then you can get bit by the zombies and then you can get the infection but if you kill certain zombies so you see like a temperature gauge above your uh, your uh, stats and so your body temperature slowly increases and if it just gets too hot then you just turn into a uh, zombie you can either kill that character you can exile him uh, but you can also research a cure if you gather certain samples from zombies you kill and then you can create heal them up again um yeah but there's this mission for example i encountered human enemies and they're pretty strong and i lost two characters in two different missions with with human characters i'm like oh no um there's vehicles in the game so you can um find a truck for example and then it's really satisfying to just hit into a horde of zombies with the truck but the truck can get damaged as well from that so that's also stuff you have to keep in mind so there's a lot of rpg mechanics in there which makes it really nice it runs on unreal engine 4 so it looks it looks pretty okay and it's a fun game it's it's more fun than i had expected and especially because you're playing it co-op because then your buddy can grab the resources for you as well and drop it into your base and you're building out your base slowly I have a second base now with a watchtower. So then if zombies come near my base, they automatically get popped by other characters. It's pretty nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, because I lost two characters, I'm at that point like, oh, I don't want to play anymore because I'm afraid I'm going to lose these characters. 
What? Can't you recruit more? Oh yeah, but I I just am not at that point that I can recruit more. Yeah. You invested too much in them. You didn't name them after people you know, did you? I don't know if that's possible, but if that's possible, oh, okay. I would love to. I, th I, I thought it was going to be like an XCOM kind of situation. If it's possible, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't name them after people you know, man. You're just going to regret it. I will. I will. <laughs> oh, no. Blah, blah, blah died. Oh, no. Or maybe I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> what the freak? No. I'm not that of a bad person. So I played that one, and then I played another game called Humans Fall Flat, which is a really yeah. strange game. I went into that game also in co-op with the same friend with zero expectations. And I've, it's definitely an indie game. You're this super simple character, or yeah, I, I don't know what to call it, man. And I think the game is physics-based, so the yeah, motion right. of the character is also physics-based. So you can, for example, uh, press a button and then you just drop kind of like the endorphin engine does in GTA. That when you get hit by a car, you just drop in the strangest way. Um, and it's basically a puzzle platformer game. But you can, for example, uh, open up a lobby and people can join you. And you can, for some puzzles, you need more people. And you can just randomly grab stuff. So I just grabbed my friend. We had a lot of laughs with it because, for example, there's this part in the tutorial in which you have to grab a train carriage and you have to move it so you can use it as a bridge to get across something. So that friend of mine, he just grabbed, he was working on it. And then I just walked up to him and I said, get over here. And I grabbed him and I used him while I was pulling him to move the train carriage. <laughs> <laughs> so that, we had really fun moments in there. Or then, for example, I would just grab him by the head and try to throw him off the edge. And then we would just both die or stuff like that. <laughs> or, uh, you know, it's because it's physics based. You can do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, uh, that makes it right. It's some controls are getting used to because you can also climb over objects, but it's strange because then you have to. I played it with a controller, so you have to push both triggers. So he raises his arms, and then you have to look up, and then he raises his arms up, and then you have to walk up to something, and then he grabs something, and then you have to look down, and then he pulls himself up. So it's a pretty, mm. it's a strange way, but you have to get used to it. It's yeah. it's a fun game. I mean, it's an indie game, so it's pretty fun. Um, and of course, I continued my journey of The Last of Us 2, and I finished it. So I started on the Friday, and I think I finished it on the Monday or the Tuesday. Probably the Monday? I don't know. Uh, basically, like around 24, 25 hours, I finished the game. It's really hard not to talk about it because you haven't played the game yet. Let me just say that for 75% of the story, let me put it this way. The game is worth a 10 if you look at gameplay and mechanics and innovation and graphics and the whole shebang, it's worth a 10. Besides okay. the story. The story is more like a, a 7.5, 8, and then I'm being generous. Because up to 75% of the story I love, and after 75% of the story, I just hate. Because it just feels like... I compare it to a Hideo Kojima moment in which he created so much stuff in all his games and then he just picks a game to wrap it all up and then he's like, oh my God, I created this super huge world with all these open endings and I need to wrap it up in one go. Oh no, what should I do? And then he makes crappy decisions on how to wrap it up. I'm looking at you, Metal Gear Solid 4. So it kind of, some things are, are misplaced or some things, 
I see what they're trying to do. And in some cases, you're like, oh, this looks nice. But then they execute on it poorly in my uh, regard. Or that mm. they, you're like, okay, but this is not adding anything. They even pull kind of like a Red Dead Redemption moment in there. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't... Because people that played Red Dead Redemption know that you play as uh, John Marston in the first one. And you play as... Uh, Arthur Morgan, and then in both games, there's this part that you towards the end you switch characters, and um, in the in the last of us you play as multiple characters. That's known, but it kind of pulls the same thing towards the end that you play with a different character all of a sudden, and that yeah. you have a, a super normal life all of a sudden, all things considered, and it just feels strange because then there's this in the apologue apparently. It, it, you almost think it's done and then there's a whole nother section and you're like, okay. And oh. it doesn't make sense. It just feels out of place. You, I would have said, okay, instead of giving us an epilogue in that sense, just do it in another way, you know? Hmm. I, I'm super vague about it, but that's because I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, can't I mean, talk about it. I mean, the way you're explaining it, it kind of feels like the way they did it with The Last of Us 1 where they had Left Behind. which I, I don't know. I didn't play Left Behind. A- which, if you played it, you it feels like an epilogue, but it feels like an epilogue out of place. Yeah, I mean, which is why, which is why it's which is why it's a standalone thing. Yeah, I mean, they could have left a lot. Of, they could just with some things they could just say like, okay, this is to this to this point we 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 have the story and we just let it go. Yeah. Well, I'll get to it as soon as I possibly can. Um, I want to do it before the next generation comes around. So that's still um, three or four months out. I'd hopefully not three, four months out. I'll do my best to get that game and get it done. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about doing a new game plus just because I I think I can get a platinum for the game and I, I might want to get it. Oh, okay. But at the same time, I'm thinking uh, I don't know because. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. So, for example, you have the 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 WLF is one of the factions called in the game. You fight against those, and then there's another faction called the the Scars or the Seraphites that you fight against. Those yeah, are yeah. it's it's cool because they both have their own playstyles and their own uh, approaches. It's really cool to see that, for example, the um, the WLF is more of a military faction, so they use guns, whereas the the scars use more of a uh, bow and arrow and uh, more melee and some guns. So it's, you have to come up with a different playstyle for both uh, type of enemies. But then at the same time, the infected feel like an afterthought because you go into this abandoned building and it kind of sets it up as a horror segment. And you know, like, oh, okay, I'm probably going to run into uh a clicker or i'm gonna run into a runner and i'm gonna run into a stalker which is a new enemy type and then you get to a point and then you see like oh oh, there's spores and there's a lot of infection okay i'll probably walk into a bloater or uh another type of enemy you know and that's you if you there's this the the same approach you can take for all the infected characters because i rarely die i died more fighting against human opponents than fighting against the infected yeah. Which it should generally be the other way around. Hmm. True. But considering that it's a revenge plot, I don't think the f- zombies would factor in as much. Yeah, like, but it made like in the first game it made sense because it was 
essentially a road trip. Um, so it makes sense for there to be more um, the zombies in there. But I don't know. I, I think when I saw when I saw at least like the previews and stuff like that, it kind of did feel like the the zombies would be an afterthought because they were really focusing on the human element. Yeah. But so, but the infected are kind of what makes the last of us the last of us. True. Maybe they're trying to prove that it doesn't have to be. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't play, know I haven't played be... it, and I've only seen like the previews in the trailer, so I have no idea. Yeah. I'm I'm counting the days until Ghost of Tsushima comes out, which is almost three weeks out. Yeah. Or two weeks out. Same day as Paper Mario and the Origami King. Nobody cares about those games. Oh, people care. No. Everybody yes. is waiting for Ghost of Tsushima. Uh-huh. And, and there are also people that are waiting for Paper Mario. No. On that yes. note, I think we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Game Rivals. Um, as always, you can find us in our home, which is Anchor, but you can also find us in other places such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overwatch of Overwatch, Overcast, <laughs> Overcast, not Overwatch, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can always give us feedback at GameRivalsFeedback at gmail.com. You can always contact us through Twitter, which is at Game underscore Rivals underscore. You can contact me on Twitter at Maximilian. You can find us on Instagram at Game Rivals, all one word. You can also find us on YouTube. I'll leave the link in the episode description because... Apparently, there are way more um, game rivals out there, but we are the one, the true, the only <laughs> realist game rivals. Um, you can also leave us a voice message. Um, you don't need to make an Anchor account. You just click on the link in the description of this uh, of this episode, and you can leave us a voice message. It could be a question. It could be feedback. It could be a compliment, whatever it is. Um, we'll... We gladly accept it because the more feedback we get, the better we can make the show. Uh, did I leave anything out, Sean Templar? I don't think so. All right, then. So let's wrap this episode up. Uh, I have been Maximilian X. And as always, I have been Sean Templar. And we'll see you guys next time.